I'm your chair talk host Nemanja and this is retrospective from the last week episode with Anja from Serbian Case for Space Foundation. So I like to think that uh, space has to do with every country. So even if you say that maybe Serbia doesn't have to do with outer space, I think that outer space has to do with each and every individual and country on this planet because it belongs to all of us. You don't have to be a space power. You don't have to have rockets and you know, big space bases and um, so many satellites already in orbit in order to utilize the space technology. I would say that innovation is the name of the game. Like you have to be constantly um, agile as well. Like you have to adapt to the situations and to the obstacles that we are trying to overcome. And you don't want to first have the technology and then uh, set the rules. I think you need at least to start thinking and discussing them way before and then when the technology comes you know how to regulate it so that we still have outer space to use in the in the 20 decades and not only in the next decade. This is Chair, place where we discuss innovations. And lately we are talking a lot about collaboration between startups and corporate world, probably because it's accelerating a lot. So today we are getting perspective from the corporate side, uh, from the corporate side of uh, equation, and we are talking about this subject with Tanya Kuzman, Senior Manager for Startups and Corporate Innovation in PricewaterhouseCooper. Uh, Tanya holds this role uh, in PwC for eight countries in Southeast Europe, and she's a part of global team uh, that deals with these topics. Before joining uh, uh, this company, she was investment principal and VC found in the UK, where she finished her PhD studies. So, Tanya, welcome to Chair. Pleasure to have you here today. Thank you very much, and thank you for the invitation. So, um, in some of the earlier episodes, I, I had the pleasure to talk with one distinguished guest about this subject. And but we talked from the perspective what startups can give to corporate. Uh, today, I want to ask you uh, what is that corporations can give to startups. I would say that uh, primarily there is four main aspects that corporations provide to startups when we start collaborating uh, on a partnership level. So uh, one thing is definitely access to resources and the network, because when you are a startup and you are developing product or a service, especially if you are you have a B2B business model, you want to get as many as possible corporate clients. And uh, there is a statistical data that says it takes you from six to nine months from the moment you first approach the corporate till the moment you actually sign the contract. So you have to go through a kind of pretty painful process for, for startups, but pretty normal process for, for companies. And in that aspect, once you sign the first contract, you actually get the access to the wider network. Because if you have gone through all the procedures, risk clearances with one big corporate, then the other corporates also have certain level of, let's say, confidence that you are doing things uh, in a proper way, that there is no any kind of risk attached 
attached or that those risks are really minimal, that they, they can be mitigated. And that's one thing. I would say that then it speeds up for the startups, their, their scaling ability to, to get more clients on board. The second thing that uh, definitely is, is beneficial for, for startups and that they get through the cooperation with the corporates is insights. So once the corporate starts using your product or service, actually you get the perspective of what your client needs and how you can adjust it and whether there is some feature that needs to be added to the product or a service, whether you have been missing uh, some perspective. In that sense, it's also you know, like really helpful for startups to see that, adjust, and then move on with their uh, scaling and um, obtaining additional customers. The third thing I would say is that actually uh, once you get into the corporate world, you really realize what is the cycle. So what will be your sales cycle? Uh, how much patience do you need to have? Uh, what kind of procedures exist there? And how you need to prepare for them to go through them as soon as possible next time. So in that sense, it's also you know, like first time when you get into that corporate world, it's usually more painful than the next time you're going through the procedure because you exactly know what to expect. And then uh, I would say the last thing that is, I would say the main thing is that you actually um, are able to see how it will look like for you if you start growing at a really fast pace down the line in like three to five years, because you will become probably a big organization, a big system as well, uh, with employing, you know, like a lot of people, uh, adding a lot of new channels for sales, marketing, etc. So in that sense, you will be able to see that certain procedures and certain systems, you will need them down the line. So in, in that sense, it's, it's somehow also beneficial to see how this looks like from the corporate perspective and uh, startups can gain that through this cooperation as well. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning and uh, in the intro, uh, you are now working for eight countries in Southeast Europe on this subject. Uh, how is it different from different startup ecosystems, uh, depending on the country or or a region or something like that? Yeah, it depends really on the on the de- level of development of the startup ecosystem. So, uh, in in some of the countries that I cover, the startup ecosystems is pretty are pretty advanced, and you already have unicorns there that are recognized at the global level. So, in that sense, in those ecosystems, it's much more viable to create this kind of co- cooperation with the corporates because the system is already used to it. So, you already see that. Uh, everyone is working with everyone, they communicate, they, they realize that um, actually cooperation with startups is needed. It's not the matter of a trend. It's not anymore the fancy thing to be published in the newspapers that you are cooperating with someone. It's actually strategically important because you cannot keep up the pace with uh, what is going on at the global level. So I would say that in out of those eight countries, I would say the two of them have really advanced uh, startup ecosystems while the others are still in the early stages of development and there uh, and based on our research that PricewaterhouseCoopers has done uh, previously uh, in the previous year we have seen that actually uh, corporates uh, are willing to transform willing to innovate but only a small percentage of them is willing to do that with startups so we still have a long way to go until we grasp that mentality uh, and and that business model of cooperation with startups. 
Before we continue on this, on this subject, I, I want to add personal note because I know that your career path, it's, it's not that usual. So uh, um, can you, and not just usual, it's not conventional at all. So can you share me, with me something from, from that perspective? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, my work in the startup world actually, and in my experience, started, uh, I would say, six years ago um, during my, my PhD studies in the UK. Uh, and prior to that, I mean, my career was completely related to corporate world, to finance. I worked in the government. I worked for large international financial institutions like World Bank, OECD, uh, even the European Commission. So my career was quite, quite, you know, like uh, related to the traditional, uh, if I can say, yes. Yeah, we shouldn't talk about startup today, if you think from yes, that perspective. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. But then, I mean, during my PhD studies, uh, just an email came in and... Uh, um, it said, okay, you have the opportunity to work for an investment uh, uh, VC fund and you can learn how the investors think about startups, how they evaluate their ideas, uh, what is the criteria for the investment. And I was like, well, I'm interested, you know, like I want to know, I want to learn. Uh, and at that point in time, if someone told me that my career will completely shift uh, towards the, the startups, innovation and digital solutions, I would definitely not believe in that. Uh, but uh, immediately from the first moment I started learning that actually there is a kind of parallel world to what I know, <laughs> you know, uh, that uh, actually there is a startup world and there is the, the traditional big corporate world. Uh, I just started falling in love with, with the startup world and everything that uh, it brings from the innovation, from great ideas, people, dedication, uh, just the different kind of energy and, and the ability to really every day sit and uh, listen about some new great products and services and, and learn about the new developments in different areas. I mean, for me, that's, uh, that's, that was a huge, huge plus. So now I have combined, you know, like the startup and the corporate world into one. Um, but uh, I believe that um, as far as the shift in the career, um, I cannot say I'm done because you never know. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, you fell in love with something else completely a couple yes, of years from now. Yeah, right? but, but for now, I mean, um, definitely I love what, I, what I'm doing. So let's go back to, to subject and the, and the base of collaboration between startups mm -hmm. and, and corporates. Um, can you share with me, with me some different models uh, and uh, maybe insights why you think that some are more, more successful than the others? Definitely, I can, I can. But um, I would say that when it comes to uh, success, each model can be successful and each model can be unsuccessful. Uh, and it really depends on the fact of whether from the start, corporates and startups have set it up the clear objective of their cooperation. And I think that's the key for the success. And that's the first thing that makes one model successful or, or not. And then the, the other layer that I would, I would definitely add to that is that we are living in, the, in a constantly changing world, right? The constant is almost non-existent today. And uh, if you set an objective of your cooperation at the beginning and then you know that, you know, like six or nine months down the line, your project will be completed because you have upgraded certain processes in your company or you have developed together some new technology, 
and you believe that this objective will stay the same throughout these nine months, you are probably wrong. And that's what makes this model probably unsuccessful because three months down the line or maybe two weeks down the line, you'll realize that certain market conditions have changed that you have and you need to twist it and you need to, but then the communication is the key. So if you realize that certain things have changed in the market, don't stick to the objective that you have set at the beginning. You have to communicate openly between the corporates and startups and actually realize that you need to adjust this objective in order to accomplish the success at the end of the at the end of the road, but if we talk about the models, I think that um, previously at the beginning of this wave of cooperation between corporates and startups, we have seen this one-off hackathons, uh, small-scale uh, projects, and really mini corporations, as I call them. Uh, and then later on, we have seen that actually. Uh, this becomes more of a partnership and strategic collaboration. And then we also see this trend of creation of the corporate VCs where they invest in startups. Uh, And lately, I would say uh, M&As have become also really, really important. So um, I would say that all of these models currently coexist and they currently, I would say, give different results in different markets. Um, But if we talk about Europe, what we have seen is definitely that a lot more corporates are now getting into creation of incubation processes and then corporate uh, venture capital funds because they want to actually work with certain early stage startups, invest in them and help them grow further and then potentially either become part of their larger system or even, you know, like let them uh, become part of some other um, some other system, but then gain the return on investment, invest further and help this development of the new ideas and innovation in a certain industry. As you said, innovation and uh, uh, I want to twist to that part of the story, because usually why corporate want to... Uh, uh, get in the collaboration or to buy startup. It's it's about innovation. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, there arise many questions, such as uh, how to make the decision if corporate should uh, acquire or should start working collaborate with the startup, mm-hmm. or uh, if they made that decision, then choose one of the models that, that you just said. Um, based based on that, there is so many pitfalls that can open. Uh, in this co- collaboration and uh, uh, as I see it those pitfalls can hurt startups sure but maybe they can hurt uh, corporate uh, as well for sure and and as you said uh, many questions are, are on the table when you start thinking about how to innovate whether to do it internally externally uh, what is actually that you want to innovate you know uh, where to start from that's uh, the reason for the exactly, innovation exactly exactly and i think um, that there is the beginning so when you are a corporate and when you are uh, seeing that certain market trends are happening and that you need to either uh, create a disruption in the market or uh, make a, a bigger step into the market by taking uh, you know like portion of the market from your competitor or even just changing um, some marketing strategies or changing your internal uh, strat- uh, your internal structure to be more efficient any of those can embed innovation uh, within, right? And then 
when you start thinking about it, the right question to ask, and I would say for me that's the zero phase, uh, as I call it, you ask yourself, what do I need to do and why I'm doing this? So whether there is some kind of a problem that I have recognized in my organization, whether I have seen some trend and there is a need uh, that my customers are now clearly expressing and shifting their behavior. So answering that question is the zero phase. So there you have to really define why you are you want to change something and and whether you you need to change something in your in your uh, corporate behavior uh, market presence etc and after that zero phase you go into the question of how i can do that and then you need to evaluate two aspects one is internal aspect whether i want to innovate just with the capacities that i have internally or the other aspect is i want to do it externally and i want to cooperate with startups Each of these have their own, of course, pros and cons. And depending on the zero phase, you will be able to evaluate whether you have enough resources, uh, whether there is, you know, like teams in your uh, company that can actually be open-minded and innovative enough uh, that you can dedicate to that project and not hurting the performance of the company as well. So you have to answer all that on one hand. And on the other hand, you have to realize whether externally there is a startup with whom you strategically can align on what you need. If the answer to that second part is there is not a startup, then you will have yeah. probably to develop it, to develop you it internally. You need to go back yeah, to exactly. zero phase. Exactly. Right? So in that sense, I think that, uh, you know, like starting from the zero phase and asking really, what do you need and how you need to change and what is that that you are changing and knowing exactly where is the problem is the first thing and the key and then you go into uh, let's say evaluating different aspects meaning internal external uh, and how you are going to do that Uh, but when i said you need to identify the problem more often than not what we actually see is that uh, you know like People come to us and say, uh, okay, I have this problem. And they're completely convinced that this is the problem, what they state to us. And then when we start actually analyzing and, and uh, you know, like disaggregating what they said is the problem, we realize that the problem is actually something else and that the core of what they thought the problem is, is the actual problem, if I can say so. So in that sense... Uh, it's really about doing a proper analysis of uh, of what you need in that zero phase. So you mentioned uh, uh, different approaches to collaboration uh, between startups and corporate. Can you share with me some success stories? It's, it's always interesting to, to hear about some. Well, I cannot disclose. Without the names. Uh, but I would say that the lar- largest number of success stories we have seen definitely uh, when a tech company starts collaborating with a startup uh, because for them it's kind of a, a natural synergy that is created. Uh, you know, like you have quite similar cultures, um, even though this, like the tech company usually has the system procedures and everything else, but still you have like a, a pretty similar culture in terms of uh, thinking, perspectives, uh, you're, both of them are used to innovation, open-mindedness, you know, like, and, and that kind of creates the synergies from, from the beginning in, in, in large scale. 
Um, and aside of, let's say, these kind of synergies that can be created um, in, in, let's say, innovation ecosystem, as I call the tech companies plus the startups, I would say that regarding the traditional industries where we have seen the most success stories uh, is definitely financial industry. So um, I would say that banks... Uh, because of the recent trends where we have seen development of uh, a large number of fintech startups, uh, then additional pressure in the market to uh, change, uh, digitalize, innovate. Yeah, biggest uh, disruption. Exactly. Yeah, and and then the behavior of of uh, you know like um, the the individuals when it comes to financial services is completely different than what it was five or ten not to say, you know, like 20 years ago. So in that sense, I believe that for banks, there was a pressure that came from the market to collaborate with startups because they realized that if they start doing it internally, it will take them one year, two years to develop what they need. And then they are already lost in the, in the battle and, and the market uh, will not wait for them. So I would say that with the banks, uh, you know, like changing the customer experience, digitalizing, using AI robots uh, and all these kind of different aspects definitely brought a complete new dimension and brought about a lot of success stories of, of collaboration between, uh, let's say, the traditional uh, if I can say, financial institutions and the, the ones that uh, brought some new technologies, some new approaches uh, to the market, definitely. So uh, it's lately, not lately, like almost two years now, it's always around the pandemic. But I don't want to ask you a question about this crisis. I want to ask you what is post-crisis? What you see from your perspective uh, will uh, corporate and startups learn from from this situation, and uh, uh, what what will change in in their relationship in the future. I believe that corporates have realized that you don't have to have all your employees in one building nine to five uh, all the time, uh, and that this kind of culture that already existed in the startups that was kind of strange for corporates where. You have part-time, full-time employees, some consultants, some freelancers working for startups where, you know, like someone who is employed in a startup can work from 10 p.m. till 8 a.m. instead of having 9 to 5 a job is actually something that corporates, it was strange for them. It was not their culture uh, and, and getting used to this kind of, uh, you know, like different approach was really difficult for them. But now with the pandemic, I think that all corporates have realized that they can have their employees sitting anywhere in the world you, and working on, on the project and still be successful. So that the success is not equal to nine to five. And the FaceTime and everything. Exactly. So in that sense, I believe that it somehow brought closer the culture of the corporates towards what is going on in the, in the startup world and what the startup um, employees are used to actually. And um, I would say that, again, the pandemic has showed that the companies and reconfirmed that they need to adjust more, that they need to uh, act quicker, that this collaboration with startups needs to be more profound, more rough, uh, that it needs to happen more often, because that's the only way how they can address challenges that appear almost overnight in this case. 
And for startups, I would say the other way around. Mm -hmm. For them, this crisis has shown that actually you need to have certain structures. You need to have certain procedures when these kind of crisis moments happen, when the changes are so fast, when you need to bring decisions really quickly, but then have the system how this will be implemented. Exactly. So I think that definitely it brought both sides closer to each other. Uh, through this COVID-19. So my expectation is that post-COVID-19, there, we will see uh, definitely greater pace uh, of uh, corporate and startup collaboration. And I think it will go more towards uh, the partnerships and creation of new disruption and technologies in the market. Uh, uh, let's use some hypothetic example. I just asked you about what is going to be post-crisis. But let's move 10 years from now and imagine you're still moving your corporate ladder like, like this and uh, moving your career in this area, still working with the startups. Um, what do you think uh, 10 or more years from now are going to be biggest challenges and the challenges that should be addressed uh, in terms of collaboration between startups and corporates? Well, I, I need a crystal ball for that, for sure. <laughs> let's imagine that, <laughs> yeah, we, have that we have it here. Um, well, I, if I would have to, let's say, assume, I would, I would definitely say that uh, the pace that we are seeing now of, you know, like we are constantly talking about oh, the pace is there uh, and, and it's really fast changing, uh, you know, like new technologies are coming out uh, constantly and, and uh, you need to keep up with that pace and you need to constantly innovate. I think that 10 years from now, uh, what we are having currently will be almost nothing. Like I think that uh, 10 years from now, we will see the pace that is hundreds of times faster than what we are having currently. And I think that the biggest challenge for companies will be to keep up with the technology, innovation, market disruption that is out there. And, and that's why I think that this collaboration between corporates and startups will be even more uh, present and profound going forward. And um, on the other hand, I believe that 10 years from now, the biggest challenge will also be the data. Uh, because we all know that, you know, like the, the amount of data that you can analyze and use for development of new products, services, uh, knowing about the uh, behavior of your customers is increasing. I think that 10 years from now, there will be so much data that we will need much more companies and startups that will be able to process that data and take out the meaningful conclusions out of that without the biases, without all the problems regarding the machine learning, AI, you know, like in all the other aspects that we have seen now as, as kind of, of problematic currently. So in that sense, I believe that using that data uh, that is going to definitely increase uh, will be something that will be uh, one of the challenges that corporates and startups will have to deal with together. You mentioned the paste, and, and that uh, reminded me uh, about one guest before you in, in this show. Uh, he said, uh, and I'm going to quote him, um, the speed of innovation, uh, it's uh, uh, right now, it's uh, 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 slowest that it's going to be ever. So in exactly. terms of it's changing and that is going to be biggest challenge in the future. 
For sure. I mean, uh, that for me, that that I see as uh, even for individuals, not just for corporates. I mean, you need to really learn every single day of what is going on and what new technologies uh, are providing, uh, you know, uh, using uh, iPhone for many uh, purposes that it, that you can use it today was not like that, you know, like five years ago. We so, haven't been thinking about it at all. Exactly. So in that sense, it's kind of, uh, you know, like uh, these small things that we actually uh, take for granted and that we are used to and that we are adopting, but there is so much more uh, out there that we need to learn. And I think that that's the same for the for the corporates as well, uh, because keeping the pace with all these kind of changes and, and the, the market disruptions uh, going forward will be hard. And uh, we've seen, I mean, uh, uh, Musk was one of the first ones to actually offer the patent to everyone. So he said, okay, I, I have a patent, here it is to everyone. And at that point in time, everyone thought he's crazy, you know, like why he would do that. His primary goal was that everyone starts doing the same thing and that he creates a market for himself. So everyone started talking about, you know, like electric cars and everyone started producing or, or creating their own innovative ways of creating uh, electric cars. And that, that was, you know, like at that point in time, as I said, everyone thought he's crazy, but actually behind strategy was that he wanted to speed up the pace of the innovation and creation of the disruption in the market. And I believe that going forward, we will see that strategy or similar strategies uh, being used more often in order to even more increase the pace and create disruptions uh, that I think we cannot even foresee right now. Yeah, with Musk is always, whenever he says something new and do, do something unexpected, usually uh, everybody think he's, now he's crazy, but a couple of years later, he's a genius. So yes, it's yes. just switching yeah. all the time. Uh, Tanya, thank you so much for this conversation. I enjoyed it so much. And uh, for you out there, if you enjoyed our today's episode, uh, subscribe and see you next Thursday when we talk about some new innovations. Thank you. Thank you. Hi everyone, my name is Tanya. I'm Senior Manager for Digital Startup and Innovations at PwC Serbia. Uh, I'm covering these initiatives in eight countries of the Southeast Europe uh, and I'm really passionate about innovation, tech and startups.